Welcome to Good at Running Podcast. My name is Jasmine Cook. This is Ryan Cook. And we have our special guest here. This month is May and it's Mental Health Awareness Month. And so that's what we're discussing today. And I would like to introduce our guest here. Pause. Would you like to uh, formally introduce yourselves (laughs) for us? First off, hello, everyone. Uh, Definitely a pleasure to be here. Um, what I just said was that, you know, I asked God to protect us from the devil and to, uh, you know, proceed in the name of God, you know. Um, so I was, um, okay, to introduce myself. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, I go by the name Pauls, P-A-W-S. Um, I'm a local artist uh, out of, uh, I would say, uh, Patterson, New Jersey. Silk City. Silk City. That's right. That's right. Um, and I say, I would say, Patterson, New Jersey, is because that's where the name came about. That's uh, I'm formerly known as Pause Twenty One. Uh, Pause is my nickname. The number Twenty One stands for Twenty First Avenue, Patterson, New Jersey. Oh wow! Um, so I've always said that you know when I come up, I'm bringing my hood with me. I'm not going to use my hood as, as an excuse mm-hmm. to fail. It's going to be a, a, a reason to succeed. Wow. So, so, so pause. And, and, and there's a meaning for your name, pause, as well, right? The P-A-W-S. Yes, it, it, uh, P-A-W-S. Later on, I added the acronym. Well, I, I took the acronym to, to mean uh, painting art, paint art with soul. Mm-hmm. And that, right. that's, that's what I, you know, uh, use the acronym to, be, to mean. Um, but the pause, the name pause itself actually came about, you know, we were young kids just goofing around and, you know, um, we just had a bunch of, you know, potato chips. We, everybody <laughs> potato chips and we was like, Hey, that's going to be your name. Your name is going to be the name of the bag of chips you're holding. <laughs> and, um, you know, we were just goofing around. So my, my brother was funny and my other brother was Bontine. I had another no, cut. really? Yeah. We had one called Wise too? All, everybody. I mean, everybody had their goofy names. And then my brother had Paul's, and I believe I had Funyun or something. I had some like weird name. Not the was, onion rings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, I got to get the onion rings. Man. So then, um, you know, that didn't last too long, a couple minutes, man. But when we were walking out the bodega, right, I was like, yo, Paul's, I like that name. That's that's pretty hot, you know. Because before then, I was tagging like Lima, L-I-M-A, which was, you know. An extension of my middle name. Okay. So I don't like Lima too much. I said, but paws are hot, man, like cheetah paws. And right, 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 right. So I asked my brother if I could have it. And, you know, him being a businessman, want to negotiate. Wow. <laughs> really? Let's negotiate. Let's get into negotiate. it. Negotiate. you're just busting my chops. But, anyways, I, you know, he gave me the name Paws. And he's like, go ahead, take it. So I just kept it and ran with it. That was, uh, I was about like 14 years old. Wow. And I've been in the game for over 30 years. So. Oh, over 30 years. And, and you know, that's why we wanted to bring you here on the podcast, Good at Running, because we wanted to talk about, you know, Mental Health Awareness Month, uh, which is one thing Good at Running is a, 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 a great advocate for, you know, dealing with homeless teams and, and you know, runaway youths and, and, you know, focus on the youth. But we know this has been a big thing over the years um, concerning mental health. And there's been a lot of conversations. You know, my wife has done um, many um, IG lives, uh, interviews with uh, other organizations and partnering with other organizations, you know, from, from here to Florida um, and other, 
you know, she's she's partnered with with um one of the um places you're partnered with. Uh, it was in Florida, right? What's the name of that? The homeless, homeless people, whatever it is. She's partnered with so many. We have done so much work, but and, and, but but anyhow. So the purpose of this conversation is, you know, which are working your span of 30 years, the work that you have done, and we want to come from the point of creatives. Me being a photographer, um, my, my wife being a creative, she's, she's a writer, she's a, she's a poet, you you are artist, and man, the murals and stuff you have done, you know, these are outlets for us, for our mental health in, in one way, shape, one, one of our outlets, and we wanted to bring it all together and hear from a creative's point, because we are so, we are the ones that's making others happy and, you know, bringing life to others. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, how do we who bring life to others and help others with their mental health, what do we as creatives do to uh, to protect and maintain our mental health? And so that's what the conversation is about. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a much needed conversation and I really do appreciate that you guys are actually, you know, allowing this conversation to happen and bringing it to the table. Literally, like, bringing it to the bringing table. Bringing it to the table. <laughs> literally, literally, here at the, the table. table. Yes. <laughs> Um, just a quick statistic. Um, it says that one in five U.S. adults experience mental illness each year. So it's really important. And what what does mental health mean for you? Well, for me, um, now that's that's a, that's a deep statistic. <laughs> that's a very deep statistic. Um, well, mental health to me um, it means a whole lot because I grew up in a household where my mother suffered from uh, manic depression, uh, specifically uh, bipolar. They associate bipolar depression with uh, chemical imbalance. Um, but, you know, me growing up as a child in that house, I, I, I always leaned towards the understanding that, you know, our bodies uh, react to our environment, um, including our, our chemicals, manufacturing and things of that nature. So I always felt that, you know, our the environment was actually producing the manic depression. Which, you know, brings me back to that statistic that you just stated. You know, that's a high rate of depression that we have. And you look at the, the numbers globally, you know, at the rates of depression, you find that, you know, developed countries tend to have the highest rates of depression mm-hmm. um, as opposed to the so-called underdeveloped countries. Um, and then you also have to look at the fact that we are a minority that exists inside of a developed country. Mm-hmm. And when we look at our history, when we look at our slave history, when we look at things that were done to us on a psychological level mm-hmm. and the obstacles we had to fight against yes. in a system that was built to keep us down, it's like compounded factors that will contribute and attribute to depression. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, as a child, you know, I was very conscious, as is every child, and this is something as adults we have to be conscious of as well. But as a child, I was very, very conscious of my environment, of global conditions, believe it or not, um, as a young child, just observing life and the way I would cope with what I was observing 
was I would draw. I would, you know, observe the life around me. Again, growing up in a household where my mother suffered from manic depression on top of the societal ills that we were, you know, uh, exposed to, you know, my outlet was drawing. So I would draw. I would observe and draw and go and draw. And basically, my my whole, you know, to sum it up is, you know, I would basically inhale life and exhale art. Mm. And this is something that holds true to this day. Like when I go to do murals or if I'm working at a job site, you know, I'll start my day with a prayer and then I would, uh, you know, go on YouTube and figure out what documentary do I want to watch today? What mm. do I want to learn today? Mm. And that's the whole essence of my art. That's what drives my art, what creates my art. It's, it's life itself consciousness and I've always felt that consciousness is the greatest contributor to creativity mm-hmm. and this is why I truly believe that the 80s was a phenomenal point in time because there it was such from the 70s to the 80s because we created hip hop mm-hmm. during that time right <laughs> And that was the result of the consciousness. And a lot of people leave that out. They say it's four elements of hip hop. I always, always felt that there was five elements. The first element being conscious of the struggle. Mm. Wow. And that consciousness of the struggle is what created what we have today of hip hop, of those elements. And when you see that we have, when we're losing that consciousness, we're losing that creativity. And you see nowadays it's a constant regurgitation of the 80s and mm-hmm. 90s right. and like that because now there's a severing of consciousness and when, when once that consciousness goes the creativity goes and now you're searching for something mm. yeah. so again it's it's you know I, I hold fast to the belief that you know inhale life exhale art and to the fact that and I, I, I see this as a fact this is a fact to me and I, I, I realize and I actualize it as a fact that our bodies you know they conform to the environment Mm -hmm. you know including um, depression mind over matter is a a reality and when you look at you know bipolar and the chemical disorder you know um, I belong to a very 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 small camp wow wow so you uh, find an art at a young age and you know, just find an escape. Um, was was there other others in anybody in your family that that mimicked that same escape? You know, leaning to art or some kind of art form that led you to like start picking up a pen and pad and start drawing. My mother is an amazing, amazing seamstress. Mm-hmm. She makes amazing art. Mm-hmm. She would draw her art. Her her, you know, future creations, she would draw them, and I would look at some of her sketches, and I was just, like, blown away. And then when she got on that sewing machine, it was just like, wow. And she was an amazing cook. She is an amazing cook. I'm (laughs) Mm -hmm. not going to say past tense. I said past tense before because she doesn't really sew as much. But her creativity is just phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, just even the way she organizes her kitchen, like, you know, she has the you know the cabinets underneath you know 
and you know most of us just pack stuff in the cabinet right, right. and we have to go dig in the <laughs> cabinet she puts everything in crates mm. and then pulls the crate out so she doesn't have to go into the cabinet to look for it Organized. yeah and I'm like <laughs> that just blew me away stuff like that so my mother was a creative my mother is a creative mm-hmm. stop saying it was because she's still very creative um and my brother mm-hmm. amazing poet just oh, he, nice. he, he's a lyricist and I, I'm a fan of lyricism, and I'm telling you, hands down, my brother, when he gets on that mic and he spits, it's just like, like no other. Wow, <laughs> man! And he's nasty with graph, like graffiti. He's nasty oh, with wow. it. Like he draws. He's nasty with it. Wow. Is he older or younger? He's younger. Than younger. Me. He's two years younger. He, but he's my twin, basically. Right. Like, he looks just <laughs> like. Um, but he's phenomenal with art. So you know, art is is in my family. Something you just have. Wow. And they say lyricism is not dead. Getting back to your childhood, I know that art is healing for a lot of people and it's also an outlet, but it's also a way that a lot of children get help. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you think about the school system, there's been numerous and numerous instances when a child has drawn something out that's going on at home. And has been able to get help, maybe being rescued from abuse or whatever was going on in their home. As a child, what type of things did you draw as an outlet? That's a great question. (laughs) Taking it back. Wow, that's a deep question. Um, To get away from humanity and the the, the craziness of humanity, I would love watching uh, uh, nature documentaries. Mm-hmm. So I would just draw a lot of nature stuff because it took me away from it. Mm-hmm. You know, I would like to draw trees and birds. And, I mean, like mm-hmm. anything but human stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but then when I got a little older, you know, as I started going into my preteens and teens, um, that all changed. I just, I just, you know, absorbed the human, humanness of humanity. You know the civil savagery of it, so that you know, and I would just start drawing a lot of skulls, mm. you know, just that, and because it was just like I just became like super conscious of how much we would just you know lean towards violence, mm-hmm. hurting each other. So I would draw a lot of that. Wow, wow. So so even you know going back to there and you know like. Your art, you start expressing your environment, start expressing, you know, the state you were in. So you say you started drawing skulls and, you know, because it represents you death. Yeah. Now, so talking about death, you know, we're talking about mental health, you know, the suicide rates are alarming, especially amongst, you know, youth. Now, nowadays, you know, it seems like they have so much pressure on them and so much going on where the people, folks are checking out of here. It is uh, the second leading cause of death. Suicide. That's very alarming, especially when you hear the statistics that it says that we're 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 growing less violent, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in between people. But what does that say when the violence comes from within? Mm-hmm. We're not. We're that's not progress at all. Wow. Wow. When the violence comes in, comes within, like so. So you know, you know, going back to where I was, just you was talking about skulls and and, and death. You know, you just 
created. Did you feel ever feel suicidal at any point? You know, at the age, you know, I know you mentioned, you know, earlier offline, like uh, ulcer at at twelve years old. Yeah, I had my first ulcer at twelve years old because you know, again, that was a result of being, you know, conscious, highly conscious as a child, which I really believe, strongly believe that all children are highly conscious. You know, so yes. sometimes we lose that. You know, as adults, we lose that sense of reality. You know, with regard to children, um, so because of that consciousness, I did have my first uh, ulcer at twelve years old, and you know, I, I I had suicidal tendencies. I wasn't about outright taking myself out, <laughs> but that didn't stop me from pushing people who I knew would take me out. Mm-hmm. So I got you know. That's how, um, you yeah. know, I, I I came to I came to be in Patterson. I came to be in Jersey because of my gang involvement in Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. Um, behind that mentality, I, I wasn't afraid to push those who I knew would put, take me out. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I got into gang involvement at 14 years old. Got initiated, and I can't name the gang. Um, but when I was in the, uh, I was in ICU because of the initiation. Uh, they shattered my uh, my face in many many places. I was bleeding from my eye. You know, even it was so bad that you know after the initiation, you know. Well, I'm just like visual. I'm, I'm picturing this in my head right wow. now, so I'm sorry if I'm not. No, no. Very fluid. But I got initiated on St. Clair, uh, a few blocks away from Bone Thugs and Harmony. After the initiation, uh, the set leader came up to me. You know, they gave gave me a hug. I got initiated with two other people. One of the persons didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Um. And um, the set leader came up to me, and he gave me a hug. Everybody else gave me a hug. And he pulled me to the side. He said, you got to go to the hospital. What you mean? He said, he walked me by a car. I'll never forget it. He pulled the mirror out and brought my head down to the mirror. And he said, you got to go to the hospital. I saw my face. It was just blood. Mm. Wow. You know I mean? So, again, not to, you know, get sidetracked, but that was the result of not being outright suicidal but having suicidal tendencies. Death by any other means but self-inflicted. Mm-hmm. So, so at that point, did you feel like you just didn't like you didn't have any regard for life? You're just like it's just whatever. Like I'm not afraid of death. Or I think I, I think that was the result of having a high regard for life. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a high regard for life, and it hurt me to see the world the way it was, and the way I dealt with it was just. Break that down when you say a high regard for life, just for because if I, what what drove me to that point, mm-hmm. what got me there, you know what I mean? Something made me, something broke me, you know what I mean? You just observe life and you just observe, you know, man killing man and how do you cope with it? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you deal with it? You know, and then as a child being exposed to you know all the you know divorces and you know break up of families and I mean the way I, I the way I dealt with it was just to shut down mm-hmm. just shut it down you ain't allowed to cry 
You ain't allowed to have feelings. Mm-hmm. And you got to start that breaking process. You know? And I would literally, I don't know if you guys can see this, but I have burns in my hands here. Wow. These burns went all the way up my arm. All the way around my head. You know, burns on my chest. Wow. And that was all the process of desensitizing myself. Did you burn yourself? Yeah, I would burn myself. I wasn't allowed to feel pain. You know the thing is, you know, when I tattooed my head, somebody asked me, they said, you know, did that hurt when you tattooed your head? I said, when your heart is in pain, your body don't feel pain. Mm-hmm. I know that feeling also well. Because mm-hmm. as a teenager, um, part of the reason why I do this is because I was a runaway teen. Mm-hmm. And that was what I did, self-mutilation. I would cut myself. I would get piercings. Mm-hmm. I would get tattoos um, just so I could feel that pain outside. Like, because of the pain that was going on internally. So yeah. I completely understand And there's this quote I saw on your page I wanted to talk to you about. It says that when self-destruction becomes a cultural norm, then the true revolution is in the preservation of life, quality of life, and peace. What does that mean to you? What does that mean to you as far as uh, self-destruction, the word self-destruction? Can you do me a favor? Just read to me again that the quote. quote. It says, when self-destruction becomes a cultural norm, then the true revolution is in the preservation of life, quality of life, and peace. The true revolution is in the preservation of life, quality of life, and peace. I wanted to hear it again because I really wanted to get back into that mind state that I was when I wrote that. That self-destructive right mm-hmm. this is what's promoted right now in the in in the music industry and has been promoted for quite some time so this is shedding light on the transition that we've made as a people after the assassination of our great civil rights leaders mm-hmm. we went from coming together as a community for the preservation of life, you know, and the quality quality of life, you know, um, a quality of life and lives that were lost at the hands of others. Okay, that transitioned to the biggest killers of blacks and Latinos are now blacks and Latinos. So there was a huge transition in mind state at that time, you know, and this wasn't by accident, by no means, this was not by accident. This was choreographed. This was, you know, outside forces, you know, contributing to the promotion of our Mm self-destruction. That is now, you know, the popular thing to do, you know, to talk about how we gonna off somebody, how we gonna kill somebody, how we gonna move these drugs, how we gonna do this, how we gonna do that, you know? When just, I would say, 20, 30 years prior to NWA dropping their first album, you know, we had 
Malcolm X, we had Martin Luther King, you know, we had a community fighting to be recognized as human beings. Mm -hmm. Okay. So why did that change? You know, what changed? Well, we got to look at what we've been subjected to as a people in this system. We've been subjected to the psychological conditioning laid down by Willie Lynch which was manifesting itself when they removed our civil rights leaders okay this is the result of that so when they take away the head you know the body just mm -hmm. all over the place and they understand this they know this you know so this this is what I meant when I said that, you know, when, you know, self-destruction becomes the norm, you know, the preservation of life, quality of life, you know, and so forth. That's the true revolution because this was made the norm, you know, but this was not the norm. This was not the norm. This was made the norm because... so-called record industry say this is what's going to sell so you got to right. say what's going to sell uh, yeah really what's going to sell right or what's going to put me in the cell mm. Mm. <laughs> come on that's a bar right there <laughs> so this is the reality of what we're dealing with when, we, when, we, when we're looking at this country wow you know and it's history wow and you think about this how you know you talked about your brief experience about you know, I don't know if Jasmine has something else to say, but I thought about, you know, the, the gang culture and how it's so glorified now. Mm -hmm. Like, people who are not even from that community and in the suburbs are talking about gang, gang, they're over there. And, like, like, this is something that is, uh, like, you really get hurt you mess around doing this in the wrong, in the wrong neighborhood. Mm -hmm. and, and, and even with the music, you know, how it's always it's been an issue for a long time. The, the music, uh, how it's getting more vogue in the music industry. Are not even putting people on unless they rap about certain things, especially in you know in a minority community. They if they're not rapping about drugs, sex, or violence, or something, they're not even making it up the you know, up the up the ladder to even get anything uh, sold. Absolutely, I mean, and, and it's a system that's designed like that because, again, we went from you know Emancipation Proclamation, you know, supposedly freeing you know people from slavery until we find we feed, we read the fine print of the 13th amendment okay which abolishes slavery except for imprisonment okay so they need to keep that prison system going so they could keep slavery going okay jim crow did not end jim crow just transferred over to the system of mass incarceration okay and this this is where us as ogs we got to Hip the younger generation to the game. Mm -hmm. This is a game. But it's not a game. <laughs> it's a game of a game of life that you lose, you losing for real. You losing for real. And it's an intergenerational loss. And that would you say relates back to you when you uh, opened up and you spoke about what mental health meant to you and how you felt like it was a product of your environment. Would you say that, that that has to do with it also, the environment that you grew up in? 
Yes. Yes. Um, the environment is very important because um, the artwork that I do now is called the uh, Heart One, and it's, it's based upon a heart with a maze. Okay. And the premise of that is that the maze within where change begins. The first environment that has to be, be changed is the internal environment. Okay. How are we processing all of this? And the only way we're going to process this properly is through that proper knowledge. Mm. Okay. And once you get that proper knowledge, then you'll process life. And that begins to change the internal environment, the heart, the seat of the soul. That's where the, that's where the soul rests inside that heart. We have to change that environment. And that changes through the mind and what we allow into the mind through the eyes and through the ears. Mm -hmm. okay. Once that changes, then we'll begin to see the change in the immediate, in the immediate external environment of the home. Mm -hmm. okay. And this is how rectification happens. Heart, home, hood, in that order. That's how we fix it. Uh, heart, home, hood. Mm -hmm. about the heart, home, community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, right. you know, we say, you know, to the broader sense of it right. is heart, home, neighborhood, nation. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, changing the White House is not going to change my house. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, you know, so it starts from there. That sounds that sound like a, a movement. <laughs> Next election, we need to. I mean, it's a movement. I think even, even with good at running, um, that's what we're trying to do right now with my business as far as building community and just realizing that it takes a village. Mm -hmm. Even with raising awareness for runaway and homeless teenagers, you can't do it by yourself. It takes a village. It takes, really you know, does. knowing neighbor to neighbor, having community, having that outlet, having somebody that you can talk to when you're having an issue. So it's so important, like you're saying, it starts, you know, with that internal change. Mm -hmm. And then once you change yourself, you can help others. Absolutely. So it's so important that we stick together um, and that we're, we're concerned with our environment. Absolutely. You know, we have to be a part of the change that we wish to see. That's what I say all the time. So if I want to change what my environment is, like you said, it starts with yourself and it starts with my family. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and you know, changing that environment, again, that, that really has to – a lot to do with what we allow into the environment of the internal self mm -hmm. okay we don't have to listen to certain music and we don't have to have our let our children listen to certain music mm -hmm. when it comes to that home Absolutely. you know and we have to explain to them the history what is our history mm -hmm. you know when you don't know your history you don't know where you're going mm -hmm. you're done you know what i mean it it's it's again it's it's a very it's it's a universal you know message Though it started on a religious premise, my whole thing was that, but this is a universal call. Right. What path people choose to explore that internal maze, that's on them. Right. But invite them to that. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that's the whole thing. Yeah. So you, you're speaking on a maze, and one of the things, <laughs> um, you know, touching back on your art, I'm reminded of uh, the piece you did uh, for Miss Jeannie uh, King Wilkins at Humbly Bold. Yes, yes. Uh, it was a wonderful, wonderful piece. You, you know, as you had the maze there, the heart there. You know, we, you you locked in there for three days. Like th you came three days, you, you completed that bad. That was I really. That was a meditative piece for me, man. Let me tell you, man. That thing was. I really enjoyed doing that. 
we came in there, you know, explained the, the, the vision of it, and, and you, you caught it. We had a, a good, wholesome conversation. That was like a, a mental health therapy a session for all of us that oh, day. Man, and, yes, it was, man, it was. And, and just seeing you. And so just talking about the, the, that maze and, you know, even what I saw from the art and all your artwork that, you know, my wife and I has looked on, on, on your Instagram pages and um, as it relates to mental health. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how has your art throughout this thirty year span impacted people? Because I know what it makes me feel when I look at your art. I'm like, wow, this is really amazing. I just love love looking at abstract and things that just visually stimulating to me. It makes me feel good inside because you're seeing something different uh, um, than you know we see on a normal basis where they're looking at that computer scrolling. You know, you're seeing colors, you're seeing life. <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate that. I so greatly appreciate it, man. Trust me, man. Um, it really. It, it, Feels good on the heart when you know the heart is affecting other hearts mm. man, through the art. You know yeah. that, that's, that's something. Man. Um, again, it's it's you know the whole the whole premise of my art is basically inhale life, exhale art. You know, um, so with that in mind, um, that's how I came about with Heart One and the whole Maze Heart series, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was because I you know. I spent a large part of my airbrush career, especially in the beginning, airbrushing T-shirts. And I started the airbrush career in Cleveland, Ohio. And I ventured into areas where no other airbrush artists would want to venture into, which was I was in the heart of the hood, airbrushing on street corners. You know what I mean? So I would, you know, unfortunately, you know, airbrush a lot of rest in peace shirts there was a whole lot of them you know then I eventually moved back to Jersey um same situation you know airbrushing t-shirts rest in peace another rest in peace mm-hmm. and it's just like wow man I want to stop painting the problem I, I want to start mm-hmm. painting the solution yeah. you know that. and that was the whole premise with the heart one series you know the maze within where change begins mm-hmm. you know Again, you, you you have politicians out there, you know. They can only do but so much. Right. Really, in reality, this this you ain't fixing this. Y'all haven't fixed this. Y'all mm-hmm. can't fix this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We gotta fix this. Mm-hmm. This us. You know what I mean? We do what we have to do. You know, them throwing money at at it. It's not. You know, it's like putting a bunch of band aids on top of a chest that's in need of open heart surgery. Mm-hmm. Not. It's funny you say that because I just put a post on uh, uh, Facebook just the other day, might have been yesterday. Now I, I, you know, summarized it. I said, um, you know, uh, from from uh, the school teachers to the world leaders, you know, apart from God, nobody has a right. You know, including the parents who's just trying to win. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody and nobody has a right. We're all just trying to, you know, tap in and just to figure this thing out. Mm-hmm. Call call life. And so, you know, with just piggybacking off, off of what you said, like, you know, the White, the White House, you could change the White House if you want to, don't change my house. It's, not <laughs> it's a gonna, matter of the heart. Absolutely. And, it, and, you know, you hit the nail on the head. It's an issue of God consciousness mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Even though this is a universal message of internal reflection and introspection, at the heart of it all is, is God consciousness. Mm-hmm. I'm a true believer of that, mm-hmm. in that, mm-hmm. you know, and whatever path a person chooses, you know, in that direction, you know, that's open for them to choose that. Yeah. But the premise is God consciousness. And when we find 
the correlative here is you look at a lot of the um, so-called developed countries that have the highest rates of depression, right? They ascribe to uh, it's a secular, you know, basis, you know, the foundation is secular, um, and it's based upon empiricism, you know, sense certainty, you know, seeing is believing, you know, and you find that most of these developed countries ascribe to this type of ideology, which, you know, at the heart and soul of it all, it just removes the essence of God because God is not going to make himself, you know, visible like that. You know what I mean? So you want to measure them. You want it to be empirically measured and, and quantifiable. You know what I mean? The essence, the, the result of that is, you know, it, it's the removal of God consciousness. And as God consciousness declined, not just in the hood, I'm talking about in the world. Mm -hmm. When secular movement came on the rise, humanity fell, and we plunged into World War One, World War Two. Okay, and you know a lot of people ascribe you know religions to mass killings. I know contrary to that, mm -hmm. I, I I totally reject that because the highest, the greatest amount of killing the world has ever witnessed throughout human history happened at the hands of those who were removing God consciousness mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. from the system of righteousness. Okay, and this is when we experience this, and we also experience a complete disregard for nature mm -hmm. in our environment okay. then we brought in massive consumerism you know we go from the industrial revolution and then we go into the consumer culture I mean just the 1900s the 1900s look at it the 20th century we entered into the 20th century on horseback with snail mail and we exit it in Jets and Gmail. <laughs> okay. Come on. Let me find you a lyricist over here, because you're dropping bars over here, Pauls. <laughs> and in the interim, between 1900 and 2000, we destroyed our planet. I mean, we've destroyed our planet we're at a point now where we're in a, a, an environmental crisis mm -hmm. that most people aren't even aware of Not we have a two percent you know two degree change mm -hmm. in, in 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 temperature rise is melting the arctic mm -hmm. and what are global leaders worried about they're worried about sea passage through the newly melted ocean mm. that ships can go through faster and they're ready to fight for it. And they're also ready to fight for the actual fossil fuel below the ice mm -hmm. that has caused all of this destruction in the first place. Okay, so this is, hum this is the result of humanity removing themselves from God consciousness. Okay. Everything's perverse. It's... Yeah. it's yeah. It's no wonder we're surrounded by screens, TV screens, movie screens, phone screens. We're screened from reality. Yes. Absolutely. We really are. I, I, we believe is also you can't li live apart from God. So what what has your God conscious done for 
consciousness done for you as it relates to mental health? Like, how has it helped you as far as even you saying that you didn't agree to being told that, you know, you had anything that was affecting your mental health? You didn't agree to it. How did, how did... I didn't agree to it because in my heart of hearts, I knew and believed in mind over matter. I understood this reality. And I really, truly believe that if the mind ain't right, the body ain't going to be right. If the heart ain't right, the, the, the body ain't going to be right. Mm -hmm. The body's going to react. So God consciousness to me set everything in its equal balance. It balanced me. It was a holistic effect on me that also caused me to be more conscious of my environment. Mm -hmm. You know, so it was just, it set everything right. It was like the missing piece, you know? Mm. And we have a school curriculum now that is completely, like, it, it, it's built just for mass destruction. And it's no wonder that you see the highest rates of depression in these so-called developed worlds that, you know, ascribe to the empiricist, the, I mean, ideology. It's, it's, it's no wonder. Mm -hmm. Because that by default, if you can't, you know, quantifiably prove that God exists, by default you're going to be agnostic, atheist mm -hmm. by default mm -hmm. so this is what they're setting our children up for yes. with this curriculum with, uh, with the evolution evolution yeah. it's, mm -hmm. it's, and it's, it's, so how do you do, you know they don't, they don't tell you about you know, uh, irreducible complexity they don't tell you about the flagellum and they, they don't they don't explain this that the Darwinian theory keyword here theory of theory. evolution mm -hmm. <laughs> has nothing to stand on once you break things down on a cellular level when you go down into the flagellum and you start you know looking at irreducible irredu irreducible complexity in nature mm -hmm. it has absolutely nothing to stand on mm -hmm. And it's just, it's overwhelming evidence that this mm -hmm. is not designed by chance. No. Right. Absolutely right. not. No. The DNA inside of the, the cell nuclei, you know, who wrote that? Right. Who wrote that? that? That's information in there. Right. That's a code. Who wrote that code? Mm -hmm. Okay. They can't explain that. But this is what they're pushing in our schools children, they're pushing this on our children mm -hmm. our hearts are rejecting it. Mm -hmm. and because our hearts are rejecting that our bodies are reacting mm -hmm. and you're going to see chemical imbalances so mm -hmm. our heart and our bodies are in conflict with one another yeah, our minds and our hearts are in conflict with each other the, the heart already knows the reality. The mm -hmm. mind is trying to catch up, but it's being filled with all this mm -hmm. propaganda and it's lies. Mm -hmm. So until the mind gets on the same level as the heart, everything's going to be imbalanced, mm -hmm. including internally mm -hmm. and externally. It is, it's, and, it, and this is why we're seeing such a, a outcry for uh, mental health and everybody seems to be going crazy or experiencing uh, it was the episodes and... Uh, you know, bipolarism and all these depression, you know, disorders, and 
you know, we've seen an alarming rate. You know, it existed before, but it seemed over the within the past ten years uh, or less, it, we've been like, hold on, mental health has been the, the topic of the the decade. It has because what's happening is that human beings are being removed from their natural state of being. Right. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't care where you are on the face of the planet, human be- human beings, every civilization believed in a higher power. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whether it be a, a pagan beliefs where you have multiple gods, there was always a higher god. There always was. So what we're what what they are trying to do now is trying to remove human beings from their natural state of being, mm-hmm. which is a state of God consciousness. You understand this? So they do this by way of the mind. And you, if we're not conscious of what we're allowing into our minds, that's going to seep into our heart. Right. You see? And that's what's going to cause that disturbance, mm-hmm. you know, psyche, soul. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, it's, it's, it's psychological problems. There's a soul problem. Yes. You want to get right down to the root of it. Soul problem, and we have a, a national and, and a worldwide a psychological warfare. Yeah. <laughs> it's a psychological warfare for real. It really is. It's a battle of hearts and minds, and the soul problem is the soul problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the reality of what we're dealing with. Like uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you always I like to say, like as a as a man thinketh, so is he. We have conversations yes. off offline all the time Absolutely. about about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I like you're saying it's so important what what we feed our minds um and i think that that's a really uh effective way for change you know even they have like a cognitive uh behavior therapy something mm-hmm. like that right where it's like you short you're training your mind to how to react mm-hmm. uh to a problem in a positive way mm-hmm. Um, which is something that you can learn and that is an effective way to deal with mental health issues or with depression is training your mind how to react in a better way or an effective way. How do you train, how have you maybe trained your mind to react to issues or maybe when something gets you down or maybe something might make you feel depressed? Um, hmm. Hmm. And, and especially you know, to touch on her question you know because you, you experience you know as a, from a kid on up and to going to gain a lot of a lot of traumatic tra- traumatic trauma experiences I'm trying to get that word out traumatic <laughs> traumatic <laughs> traumatic experiences yeah. and so with, with what my wife said even with the, the triggers like like everybody has triggers and going through stuff and we all have triggers how do you maintain how do you maintain like I want to know because I need some tips on how to maintain <laughs> um, the way I train my mom the way I train my brain and I'm, this is, you know, semantics right here because there's a difference between brain and mind. Mm-hmm. Okay, mind is a result of the brain, so the empiricist thing, but in reality it's not. Um, but the way I train, let's say mind. Okay. Okay, let's just say <laughs> this mind. Is okay. 
The way I train my mind is I submit it to my creator. Mm. You know, I created the mind so he understands how to shape it and form it mm-hmm. and mature it. So I, like all the other prophets, and again, I, this is a universal thing, so I don't want to go too deep into the religion, but I, just as all the other prophets did, place my frontal lobe region of my forehead on the ground in submission to the higher power, to the mm-hmm. higher intelligent mm-hmm. being. Okay? And in doing that, I am unloading the world's problem into the hands of my creator. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling my creator, And you you often see, you know, from ancient beliefs, right, you know, they believe into the in the third eye, you know. And I always find it ironic that the third eye is placed right where the frontal lobe is placed, right, right. where the, right. the all the right where Moses, Jesus, Abraham all placed their face on the ground in submission to the mm-hmm. higher intelligent one. You know. That's where that third eye sense comes from, in submission to the creator. That's what trains the brain. Mm. So it's like we have to really practice submission, mm-hmm. submission to our Creator, Absolutely. submission to our Creator, and um, you know, and I, I think that's what it is. So, you know, the pride of life. You know, everybody is you know want to do it on your own, want to make it on your own, mm-hmm. and like you said, you know, we're rejecting certain things that's being put into us, and so now it's like we force to try to find our way. We force to do it on our own, but the, like you said, the real answer is just submitting to your Creator. That's what it is. And again, that's what the heart one maze, you know, it, it, it's an invitation to that journey. Mm-hmm. And again, just, it's it's not, I'm not here trying to sell somebody my belief system. I'm not here. But I literally just had a dream. When did I post that? I think it was yesterday at 325 in the morning mm-hmm. where the dream was basically telling me that, you know, souls have been placed here at different points, you know, and they have to, you know, embark upon their own journey. Mm-hmm. And again, that's that's what this is about. It's just inviting individuals, just people, just society in general, just to get back to that journey. You know, start that introspection. You know, listen to your heart. Listen to your heart. Stop, don't listen to that, to that, to that brain. Okay, mm-hmm. to that lump of meat that they're trying to program. <laughs> don't listen to that. It's like clay. And that's what it is. And they're, they're, they're literally trying to program it with all this. They, they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. But your heart knows what it's doing. Now we just have to get online with that. Get online with Listen to it. Follow it. You know what right. I mean? Let it guide you. You know? That's what it is, man. Well, you know, dropped a lot of nuggets on mm-hmm. us today. I mean, and it's, and it's real talk. Um, mm-hmm. What have you been through? And I just, once again, just... Well, thank you for sharing your, your story, a slice of your story. Right? We know it's like a lot more to it, but the, what you have shared to us, I mean, you broke it down to the, to the simplest form yeah. of, of, of submission. And just, you know, I thank God that you really found your outlet and, and through the arts and you had like you know younger brother, your mother, and you see you have creators around you and you found your lane and, and, and you continually are on that path of, of submission, of submission. Like... <laughs> gonna submit one way or the other mm-hmm. right, to something. 
to something. Yeah. Absolutely. You might as well submit to the creator of everything. Yeah. Yes. You know what? You you, you talk. You, you're right because you know, like I was, my wife and I said, we talk all the time. You know, when people submit to like alcohol. It could be sex. It could be just addictive behaviors. It could be food. It could be whatever. It's vanity. It could be their looks. You know, people go and do surgery and just find the outlets in, in such such unhealthy ways. Mm -hmm. um, but as creatives, mine's photography, yours is through the art, yours is through poetry and writing, you know, you know, there's many other positive forms that we could um, express ourselves, but once again, bringing it back down to, you know, you can break down science or evolution all you want to, but at the end of the day, <laughs> the, the answer is, is, is God the creator. Mm -hmm. that, that's what it comes down to. And everything in creation leads back to that one reality. Yes. Yeah. Everything. everything. You know, one thing I marvel, marvel at is, you know, and you know, we're, Conclude. One thing I marvel at is just seeing the, the dirt of the earth. You know, at one time this earth was was the, it was dirt, it's nothing but dirt. Yeah. But now look, we sitting in the chairs, we have microphones, computers, laptops. Everything was made seemingly out of nothing. Absolutely, out that, of nothing. That's what they call in science the hard problem. How how do you get conscious life out of unconscious material? <laughs> Come on. All right, and, and that's the challenge that I, I pose to all anybody who ascribes to empiricism. You know, how do you do that? How do you how do you gain consciousness from unconscious matter? It's food for thought. He, I think, I think he just dropped the mic. <laughs> he, just, he, just, he just dropped the mic. He said, "Boom, that's it." Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. No, no, we, we, we definitely thank you for joining us here on the Good Air Running Podcast. Thank you, and thank you know, thank you. Yeah, you know, this is Mental Health Awareness uh, Month, and, and and definitely, we we you know. I, you know, tell people how they can reach out to you because you have some dynamic art. We want to make sure people reach out to you, know, book you because, ha, let's say I have not met anybody like you and uh, I'm, I'm glad to be able to, to know you and have this conversation. Oh, same here. It's truly a blessing. I mean, God continues to bless me with people in my life, around my life. And I say in my life, not around my life, in my life because they're in my heart. You know what I mean? Like, this is, this is how I feel, you know? It's constantly. I mean, I can't even express it. I'm I'm at, I'm at a loss of words at dynamic, amazing, and beautiful people. Uh, spiritually, God has blessed me with and continues to bless me with. So I I am truly grateful for you know having this talk with both of you. Thank um, you. It was truly truly amazing. You know, um, the people um, they could reach me at uh, my Instagram page for my heart one. That's my personal art. Uh, it's H E A R T, number one underscore graph G A I mean G R A F F. Okay. So I'm gonna say it one more time so people can get it. Okay. <laughs> um H E A R T the number one underscore G R A F F. That's heart one graph. Um I basically trying to do most of my murals in the Greenville section of Jersey City. Cause the hood need love. Mm -hmm. The hood need love, <laughs> man. So, if you can see a lot of my murals on Ocean Avenue in Jersey City, I'm working on getting some more up there now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, come down. Hood need love, mm -hmm. and the hood show love. That's right. That's what it is. <laughs> All right. Awesome. All right, so we're gonna close out. I thank you again for joining us on the Good at Running podcast. Thank you. Thank and you. Uh, hope to keep in touch. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. All right, we out of here. Ah, this is truly a blessing.
There we go. This is done. Uh.